Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the show. Joining me today is Rose Ann Archibald, who is the National Chief of the Assembly of First Nations. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. So I'm going to start out with, uh, obviously, it's the International Day for Truth and uh, Reconciliation. Uh, so I'll just start out with what does this day uh, mean to you, and uh, how will you be uh, reflecting today on some of the tragedies that happened in the residential school system? Well, I'm really happy to be here, first of all, Wyatt, and glad to be on your show. Uh, today is a very important day for survivors, for those who are also what we call intergenerational trauma survivors, as well as um, those who didn't make it home, the children who, who did not make it home from what I call the institutions of assimilation and genocide. And I don't call them schools anymore because I attended many schools in cities and towns and not one of them had a graveyard and certainly did not have unmarked graves in the schoolyard. So this day is really a commemoration of that former system that caused so much damage and harm to our children, to our families and to our communities. Obviously, with a uh, day like today, the International Day for uh, Truth and Reconciliation, not just is it, you know, a day, but it's a day where um, many students uh, across Canada uh, and many people across Canada will be uh, reflecting on it. I know in, in my class, we've been having conversations about it. So maybe speak a little bit about um, education, uh, about the residential system uh, in schools. And just do you think that uh, it's being chatted about enough, and and how do you think we should go about talking about it with, you know, even younger kids who, you know, might not necessarily understand it, or when they do hear it, they might uh, feel upset, or speak a little bit about that. This, you know, the, the, the children who will watch this video need to understand that these institutions had children in them, like themselves. Uh, young kids, sometimes as young as three years old, uh, were sent to these institutions. They were taken from their families. They were taken out of their communities. They were told that they could not speak their language. They could not practice their um, culture um, and their traditions. And, and so, you know, as children who will watch this, young people who will watch this, it's important to uh, understand and become educated about the truth of Canada, that the way this country was formed is not positive. It's based upon genocide and it's based upon the deaths of thousands of our children. And, and so as younger people grow up in this generation, I am hopeful that you will have opportunities to learn about the truth of Canada. You know, they talk about truth and reconciliation, and a lot of people talk about reconciliation, but they don't talk about the truth. And sometimes it's hard to talk about the truth. Sometimes it's hard to, to hear words like genocide or to hear, you know, the difficulties and the abuses and, and all of these things that these young children went through. But it's important to acknowledge it on today, on today's National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. It's important to grieve, to feel sad, 
to mourn for these children. That's what this day is about, is making sure that we have an opportunity to stand together and remember that these awful things happen and that they must never happen again. And that's what's important about educate, educating the younger generation as well as uh, people who are now elderly and didn't even know that this happened as well. Um, obviously, you know, one day is uh, really good for reflection and it, it allows people to reflect. But obviously, in order to get uh, real action and in order to uh, make sure that people can really become educated and just holding uh, people accountable for some of the things that that did happen, um, maybe speak specifically about what are some things that people who hold positions uh, of power, elected officials, specifically even if we look at the 94 uh, calls to action, what are some things uh, even in those 94 calls to action that you would like to see uh, the government enact? Maybe pick a couple of them uh, uh, that, that you really think should be enacted? One, one of the TRC calls to action that I've been talking a, a lot about lately is the apology from the Pope. So the Catholic Church and many other denominations were a part of these institutions. And they were, um, you know, working with the government in these very... Um, undertaking assimilation and genocide. And so one of the truth and reconciliation call number 58 says that the Pope must come to Canada and apologize here on these sacred lands, now known as Canada, we call it Turtle Island, and apologize to the survivors and the intergenerational trauma survivors here. And so that's one call to action that I would like to see happen. And I know that there's a delegation going to Rome in December. I won't be going myself, but a number of First Nation leaders will go. And hopefully that's another step on the journey of having the Pope come to Canada to make that apology to us. The other ones that are really important are about education, making sure that there is curriculum in schools so that you can learn about truth and reconciliation, so that you can learn about the true shared history of this country. And governments at many levels have responsibilities under the TRC uh, calls to action, but the overarching responsibility is to the federal government. And so I wanna work with them on accelerating all of the remaining calls to action that have not been actioned. Only 10 of the 94 have been fully actioned to date. So, and that was six years ago that the report came out. So we've got a lot of work ahead of us, but with me as a national chief, I want to be a willing partner with government to make sure that we accelerate these calls to action and action them and make them happen. Um, obviously we had a federal election and obviously, um, as it relates to, you know, Indigenous voices in the House of Commons uh, and people of diverse backgrounds in uh, the House of Commons, how important is it uh, to you in your view to have uh, people of Indigenous background in the House of Commons to give uh, their insight on stuff? Because to be honest, we don't really see a lot of uh, Indigenous people elected in the House of Commons, which I think obviously we need to see uh, more of, but maybe speak a little bit about that. It is important for First Nations to step forward and run for public office. 
it does give them an opportunity to uh, voice their concerns and be a part of that process. There are people, however, Wyatt, in our communities who really believe in the sovereignty of First Nations, because First Nations are sovereign people who entered into treaties, many treaties across this country, which allowed the settlements of allowed settlers to come and be a part of this country. And but there are also sovereign people who have not signed treaties. So there's a lot of unceded land. And so the point I'm trying to make is that that, you know, there are people who don't want to be a part of that system because they believe in the sovereignty of First Nations and they see the Canadian government as a foreign government, you know, imposing itself upon First Nations people. Um, I, I believe that you can have uh, you can have these two worlds existing in one space. And so when I heard of all the candidates who were running in this past election, I encouraged them. I sent them letters. I sent them information uh, from the Assembly of First Nations on our platform documents. So I definitely encourage people to run for public office in any level of government. And just uh, as one uh, last question, obviously, the, as we mentioned, uh, as I mentioned previously about uh, the federal election, obviously, Justin Trudeau was uh, reelected to uh, another term. But just what obviously he's the one uh, and his government is the one that uh, does have the power to implement uh, the calls to action. Uh, so just what would you uh, say to the prime minister or, or what are some things that you would like to see the prime minister move forward on uh, within his next mandate in government? Well, I will be reaching out to have a meeting with the prime minister. I don't tend to try and conduct business through through the media or through interviews, but we do have a platform document called the Healing Path Forward. It outlines five key priority areas for First Nations. And what I would like to do is look at the promises that the liberals have made in their election platform document, look at our document, and find the commonalities and the areas where we can work together and line up these mutual goals that we have and have that be the path forward, have that be the healing path forward, which was the name of our document. Thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, it's been uh, great chatting with you. And uh, yeah, thank you again so much. Yeah, thank you, Wyatt. Take care. Bye.